I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life and the future of work. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. The other day, I was training a group of new managers on managing in the remote and hybrid workplace, and I got the following question from one of the participants. They asked, pre-pandemic, there was a pretty strong expectation that if you're caring for your kid and parenting, you're not working. And in the early days of the pandemic, we were all just getting by and those lines got blurred. Now we're past that part of the pandemic. What are the expectations around doing work and childcare simultaneously? Or what if your kid is sick? Or what if you have school-age kids and they're home for the summer? Is it okay for people to be caring for their kids while they're working now? Or do we expect them to be doing one or the other? That's a great question, and it's a fascinating question for today's workplace and for the future of work. Can you do your full-time job while also being the primary caregiver for your kids? It's a question that we never would have asked prior to the pandemic. There are a lot of considerations that go into answering that question. What type of work will they be doing? How old are the kids? Do childless or empty nester peers get similar benefits? And then beyond that, we also have to consider the childcare crisis in the United States that we're facing right now, both in terms of childcare not being affordable and there not being enough of it. And then, of course, we also have to consider the tight labor market that we're in and be conscious about not making it worse by squeezing qualified workers out of the job market and into full-time parenthood. <laughs> so that's what we're going to dig into in today's episode. Okay, as a quick side note, as I dig into this issue, I'm directing my research, commentary, and advice to those who work as full-time employees or who manage full-time employees in a more or less traditional organization. If you're an entrepreneur or if you're piecing together your income and livelihood from a side hustle or a couple of side hustles, or if you're selling your pottery on Etsy or you're a freelance writer, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the full-time employee of a traditional employer. You side hustlers, you go after it. You go get it and make it all work for you. But for those in traditional organizations, this situation is complex and multifaceted. Let's look first at the state of childcare in the U.S. And whether or not you have kids or kids at an age where childcare is needed, this is an issue that everyone needs to be aware of because of how it's affecting the workplace, the economy, and the labor market. Now, as another aside, I will mention that today in this context, I'm going to be talking about parenting, but the same advice holds true for other types of caregiving. If you're caregiving for aging parents, if you're caregiving for somebody with a disability, if you're caregiving for some other type of condition that splits your time between caregiving and work, you can just insert your issue or the type of situation that you're providing caregiving for instead of children, okay? 
But back to parenting for a moment. A new report released by Care.com finds that families who need childcare are spending more than a quarter of their household income on childcare, a full 27%. And most of those parents are planning to spend more than $18,000 this year on childcare. Childcare is claiming a disproportionate amount of people's income, and that has a ripple effect across the economy. Now, this crisis in childcare was already mounting before the pandemic, and the pandemic, of course, exacerbated the situation. There was already a shortage of childcare workers, and childcare was already exorbitantly expensive. Then the pandemic comes along, and many childcare organizations were forced to close for the pandemic, and not all of them reopened. So the supply side of the equation shrunk even more. And according to a new global study conducted by the international children's nonprofit, Their World, more than 25% of American parents with children who need childcare have either quit a job or dropped out of higher education because they could not meet the costs of childcare. More than 25% are dropping out of the workforce or education. Okay, so I think it's really critical that we consider the context that we're currently in when we ask this question. Childcare is ridiculously expensive and there isn't enough of it, by far. Okay, so now let's ask the question. Can you do your full-time job while also being the primary caregiver to your kids? Well, with that context as the backdrop, it becomes an even more multifaceted question. It's not just a matter of saving a few bucks on childcare. It's more like, does this person get to stay in the workforce or do they have to drop out because childcare is inadequate and overpriced? So here's my answer to that question. It depends. <laughs> so I know you hate that answer. But I've got more where that came from. Let me tell you what it depends on. And there are a few factors. Okay, number one, the first thing it depends upon. What is the nature of the work? Are you a construction worker? Are you a restaurant manager? Are you a ski lift operator? A nurse? All those jobs are done on site, where childcare could not be done simultaneously. Or... Are you a graphic designer or a writer or a bookkeeper or some other job that could be done from home while simultaneously splitting your attention to something else? So that's the first consideration. The second question, the second consideration is, what are the ages, the developmental levels, and the needs for care of the people that you're caring for? And number three, what other help do you have? Is there a second parent who is also working from home who can split the responsibilities with you? Are there older children in the household who could help when you are called to your work responsibilities and cannot be pulled away to do childcare responsibilities? Or perhaps you have helpful neighbors that you could lean on in those types of situations or grandparents of those children who live nearby. So if you've got more help, it's going to be easier for you to pull this off. And then number four, let's consider what's fair. If I'm a nurse and I have to be on site and the bookkeeping and accounting staff at my hospital get to work from home, is that fair? Another take on it might be examining the fairness for the parent and their childless peer who works in the same job for the same manager at the same organization. Is the parent 
getting some preferential treatment or an extra perk or employee benefit by handling their own childcare, whereas the childless employee or the empty nester peer does not get that same benefit? So there's a lot that goes into this that makes my answer be it depends, because the answers to each of those questions weigh heavily as we look at the whole situation and decide employee by employee if this could work. Now, right now, there are no clear answers to this conundrum, but let's take a quick trip into the Wayback Machine to 2019, before the pandemic. Back then, it was really common that companies with remote employees who had small children were required to sign a document attesting that they had childcare during work hours. They had to sign a legal document that said they had childcare available for them and that they would not be trying to do both at the same time. It was widely recognized that taking care of small kids requires way more attention than doing that and a full-time job allows. Okay, now back to the present day. Because people had to do both at the height of the pandemic and in the midst of the stay-at-home orders, it was proven that it could be done. Well, at least somewhat. I'll share one scenario that simply isn't sustainable that a manager asked me about during those early days of the pandemic. They had an employee who wanted to work from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m., four hours early in the morning, and then be the distance learning supervisor for their elementary school-aged kids who were doing distance learning because the school buildings were closed, to do that from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. when the school day ended. And then they wanted to be back online doing work from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. to get the remaining four hours of their full eight-hour workday. But my friends, that is a 14-hour day, nonstop. So that's a no. A hard no. I mean, maybe for a couple of weeks in the early days of the pandemic when there was no other choice and that's what they had to do. But now, hard no. Again, the nature of the work, the kids' ages, and how much other help a working parent has all come into sharp focus when we start to answer this question. So here we are in the current situation where the work from home and return to office situation is still in flux. We really don't know how it's all going to shake out. There are so many competing opinions and so much data in support of productivity in the office, productivity at home, which types of people work best from home, which types work best from the office, and on and on and on. Will we go back to the way things were, or will we continue to redefine how and where and when we work? Well, we don't have those answers now. Again, it's still being sorted out. In order for companies to remain or become an employer of choice to attract and retain talent, they also really need to have flexibility built into their roles, however that may look and however they may find that workable or possible. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, 
or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Now, if we back up and look at this issue of can I work and take care of my children simultaneously, if we back up and take the 10,000 foot view on this, we want to look to see what are senior leaders and HR advisors saying? Well, in my opinion, they have been noticeably silent on this issue. And I think that's because there is no easy answer. And there also is no one size fits all solution. It's all very nuanced and complex and multifaceted. Now, if your organization is one of the rare ones that has tackled this issue and has clear guidance for you, by all means, follow that guidance. But for everyone else who's listening, I will offer up some guidance to fill the void. Now, whether you are the parent who is an employee or you are the manager of a parent who is an employee, the way to muddle through all of this is with clear and open communication. And it still might feel a little bit muddled, even if you are as clear and transparent as you possibly can be. Now, if you're the employee, go ahead and initiate a conversation with your manager. Say something like this. I was just listening to this podcast about workplace and the future of work, and they were talking about parenting and working simultaneously, and it got me thinking, dot, dot, dot. Or better yet, share this episode with your manager and have them listen to it before you have the conversation with them. That way they're ready for it. But in any case, be open and transparent about how easy or difficult it is for you to swing both sets of responsibilities these days. If you have lots of help at home and your job is amenable to stepping away periodically throughout the day, great. Make sure they know that and make sure that they also know when your parenting needs are going to have to come first. If you need to walk to the bus stop at 3.30 every afternoon to pick up the kindergartner from a busy intersection, let them know that. Or if the best time to be in meetings with you is between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. because that's when your infant naps the best, let them know that. Now, your manager may have some ideas and suggestions, and that may be the case even if they're not a parent. They still know the demands of juggling multiple priorities, and they might have ideas that you haven't even considered. And when you're struggling to balance it all, not if, but when, because there will definitely be a time when it all goes to hell and it crumbles down around you, even if only for a short while, it will be much easier to work through that if your manager knows your circumstances. So have that conversation, be transparent, be real, be authentic. Just let them know what's going on. Now, if you're on the manager side, Talk to your employee slash parent about the issue if they haven't brought it up to you yet. Again, you could have them listen to this episode of the podcast as background before you even talk with them about it. That way, they know that you understand that this is a challenging and nuanced situation, and then you're not necessarily calling them out on anything. You just want to have some open dialogue about the realities of their situation and offer help and understanding where you can. And also, if you are the manager, you need to let the employee slash parent know that if it ever appears that they are not handling it all, they either need to come and talk to you about it or you will approach them. Let them know that you're going to come at that conversation from a problem-solving approach rather than a punitive approach and that you're going to try and catch it early and nip it in the bud before it becomes a job-threatening situation. 
Now, the more open communication you have about this, the easier it's going to be for everyone, including that peer who has no children or no children who need childcare. It can seem unfair to them that the employee slash parent gets seemingly different rules or standards. So stress to them that this is about logistics, not about special benefits, and that the quality and quantity of work has to be has to come first, that you are managing by results. And then ask them what sorts of flexibility they might appreciate in their work and see if you might be able to accommodate that. This might be the more challenging of the conversations to have on this issue. You'll need to manage fairness and the perception of fairness, which can be two separate things. Now, I'm not saying it's all optics. It's just that it can be seen differently from that childless or empty nesters angle. Now, you might also remind them that someday it might be them with a set of circumstances that need to be accounted for and accommodated. Maybe aging parents, maybe getting a new puppy or training for a marathon, or maybe they want to work from the beach in Jamaica for a month. The shoe might be on the other foot and their circumstances might be different, but let them know that you want to treat that as even-handedly and as fairly as possibly as well. So the bottom line is, this is a complicated issue that affects where and how and when we work, and it will continue to affect where and when and how we work well into the future. And like all complicated issues, the best way to deal with it is head-on with straightforward communication. Now, I have every confidence that you can take this on and that your work life will be better as a result of being out in the open about it. Whether you are an employee slash parent trying to make it work, or you are a manager of an employee slash parent who is trying to make it work. In either case, you've got this and I've got your back. I know you can have this conversation and I absolutely know that it will make a difference. Now, hey, real quick before you go, please do me the favor of sharing this particular episode with someone that you know who is grappling with this issue, whether they're on the employee side or the manager side. You will help them see the situation differently and they will thank you for it. So please go ahead and share this episode with at least one person who is grappling with this situation. All right, my friends, until next time, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.